You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. This is the No Doubt About It podcast. No Doubt About It. Now your hosts, Christy and Mark Runcetti. Wildfire, you can't catch a Oh, man. Happy it's, Thursday. Yeah, no, it's a good Thursday. There's a lot going on. Yeah, it feels like some of the heaviest news days uh, in a long time. Yeah. Let's put it that way. So yeah. I was actually talking to a few people and um, they said, you know, how are things going with podcasts? And yeah. I said, well, normally, like we get to joke around a lot. Uh, not yeah. so much the case lately, yeah. but um, obviously for good purpose and good reasoning. Um, you know, we did get some great comments coming in off of our last episode with right. Greg Zanetti. Yep. I wanted to read a few of those, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, one quick thing on Greg is uh, if you if you haven't spent any time listening to him, he ran for governor and he's a brigadier general. He's a financial advisor. He, it's a sobering conversation. Yeah, it is. It, is. And it, it comes about 30 minutes in to the episode. But if you get a chance to listen to it, it it's interesting. He, mm -hmm. He's a deep thinker who go, goes in a bunch of different directions, but is really an interesting guy. So if you do get a chance to listen to it, I, I definitely think it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. It's yeah. it, uh, We're getting a lot of good stuff here. So let me just read a few of these that we, yeah. some of the comments off of our YouTube channel. Yep. Um, this is from Jennifer Fuertes. Always been a fan of Mark back in the meteorology days. And Christy, you're the bomb. Thanks you, Jennifer. Appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad I finally sat down and tuned in. Not some boring political talk, but an uplifting biblical perspective on the big topics for New Mexico and the country. Um, That's we have cool. army dad. Wow. Yeah. Another great podcast. We love the information you provide and the topics you dig into a lot of intense discussions. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That need to be brought to the forefront. Yep. Um, and then last one, Dakota boy, Dakota Boyd. Sorry. Oh, one, like, whoa. Dakota yeah. boy. Dakota B O I. <laughs> no, just kidding. Dakota boy. Uh, one of your best shows, Greg gave great advice. Thank you to Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he really did. I think it's super interesting. And I think, um, I have warned people that it is a bit more on the, you know, serious note. Yeah. But um, well, this is a serious time, and and yeah. I think what we're going to discuss today, we're going to have Mike Garofalo from Victory News coming on here to mm -hmm. join us, and we're going to run through a bunch of different stories, kind of bounce some stuff off each other. Uh, we're going to start in the Middle East, and we're going to get to New Mexico as well, and some border stuff here, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap it with a little bit of fun. We'll try. Trying yeah. to have it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we did get comments about our Bigfoot too. Shoot, sorry, but I did see this yeah. too. People are like, "Oh, this is fantastic," you know, and you, you gotta, you gotta, and they're like telling us more about the Bigfoot near the Silverton area. Yeah, no, which I, yeah. is a guy in costume. I'm quite certain, but anyway, yeah, it did seem that way. When you have the Bigfoot <laughs> experts who come out and say this is garbage, <laughs> oh, then you know it is completely and totally garbage. But if so, you didn't hang on for yeah. the end of Greg Zanetti's la our last episode. Go back. It's the we we tried to end on something upbeat, and we 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 threw in some Bigfoot. So if you yeah. haven't got to see that yet, go back and check that out. And yeah, let us know what you think. Absolutely. Is that a guy in costume? Of course it is. Yes. But still, uh, we still want to. We're Ava, Ava and I are still working on our Bigfoot expert. Oh, I know. Todd's, I Todd mm -hmm. standing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to jinx it, but mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to get him. And I feel like I should not be on the show that day. Uh, I'm okay, going to be. Fine. I'm going to be busy. Fine. Ava and I'll host. I'll, I'll be finding the expert on the Bermuda Triangle that day. That is an so issue. Oh, we will, could talk about that as well. I will be doing that that Whatever. day. So That's fine. Whatever you <laughs> anyway, think. Okay. All right, let's bring in Mike Garofalo, yeah. Victory News. Mike, how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, we are good. We are good. You look good. There you're still in the cabin. Uh, now, when you <laughs> built that thing, was it hard to cut all the trees down yourself and, and you got to fit them together the way you did? It's like a jigsaw puzzle. You just kind of get a little yeah. glue. You work it together. Absolutely. You know, obviously, being out in the middle of nowhere, I, of course, I have my bear spray. I just yes. went out the other day and bought That's a flashlight cool. slash stun gun. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm protected. Yeah. Mike, I, I love this. And, and at any time, if a bear comes and takes you out, I need you to do me a favor. Keep it down because we're doing a one take Charlie on this show. <laughs> I'm not going to stop the take just because you get attacked by a by a black bear. Oh, my gosh. My lips are sealed. Yeah, Good. we're going to call him off-grid Mark or Mike now. Yeah, no, absolutely we it, should. Yeah, in Mike, his off-grid uh, cabin. Obviously, Mike, let's let's start with with kind of your reaction to what's going on in the Middle East and we'll hit the rundown here and go through a bunch of different things. But you guys 
on Victory have been covering it. What, what did what did you kind of take from everything over the past ten days or so, from the horrific attack on October seventh to where we are now? Uh, it, it, sobering, heartbreaking. I mean, it really made you want to cry when you heard what has happened to the Israeli people. More than 1,400 killed, a sneak attack by Hamas terrorists. They're not militants. They are terrorists. This is what they did to Israel. It was horrific. And so I don't even know what to say, except the more I hear about what happened, it's very disappointing. Obviously, uh, Biden decided to make a trip over there, which I thought was a complete waste of time. And then we'll talk about some other things that happened, obviously. But, but more than anything heartbreaking for the Israeli people. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And and I think yesterday was sort of an interesting day in the respect that you had it. And I want to get into this in depth with you guys, because I think this shows you, and we talk all the time about our concerns with the media in this country mm-hmm. and, and how they are a not holding powerful people accountable or they're pushing their own narrative and they're doing it again. But the problem is in this case, it's incredibly dangerous. So yesterday, many of you probably heard about what happened with the bombing of a hospital in Gaza. And, and right away, Hamas comes out and says it was Israel. It was Israel. All right. Hamas, known liars, known terrorists, known groups that hide behind humans as shields. I mean, these guys are the worst of the worst. Okay. And so it started with their immediate assessment that that this was the Israelis. So then you want to show you a couple examples of this, you guys, and then I'll get your get your take on it. Here's the first one from the New York Times. Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital. Okay. by the way, the picture you are looking at here, if you're watching us on YouTube, the picture you're looking at here is not the hospital, is not the bombing. That is not what that is the wrong picture. That is a picture from another bombing. Okay, it has nothing to do with this. The, the, The bombing they're talking about, as it turns out, had nothing to do with that. So so that's the first headline that we see on this. And then ABC goes through and and they get it just as bad, if not worse. They take what Hamas says and they go with it. An Israeli airstrike has killed hundreds of Palestinians at a Gaza hospital crammed with patients and displaced people. Okay, this is so damaging because they all take it and run with it, right? They take the four, 500 people are dead. The Israelis bombed a hospital. The Israelis don't bomb hospitals. All right, look at MSNBC. They're the next one. Let's show that one, Ave. Yeah, it's, we'll do clip three here, and Mike, and then we'll get your response to this. Palestinian Authority in the West Bank has declared three days of mourning. He says all flags will be lowered to half staff because of the scale of the loss of life. The Palestinians are calling this a massacre. We do not, again, have any confirmation yet from the Israelis. They have repeatedly, at points during this bombing campaign, disputed that they were responsible for various strikes. This happened in the northern half of Gaza. This is the area where Israel is telling people to get out, to flee to the south, ahead of what we expect will be this long-awaited ground offensive. But Chris, we are hearing over and over again from Palestinian doctors, you cannot move children who are on ventilators, you cannot move children who are in incubators, you cannot move people who are on dialysis machines out of these hospitals. They say the patients cannot be moved and the doctors will not move and leave their patients to die. So this is just one illustration of the humanitarian catastrophe that is absolutely unfolding inside of Gaza right now. Okay, that is ridiculous on so many different levels. Number one, as we'll point out, and as many people now know, the Israelis didn't weren't involved in the strike at all. Mm-mm. Number two, 500 people did not die. And in fact, if you're looking at that video, I don't think you saw anybody dead. And it ended up hitting a parking lot because, you know, they're incompetent, basically, in Gaza. And so you look at all of this, but they immediately might give the benefit of the doubt to Hamas. And they try to flip the script and create some sort of moral equivalency. And it's disgusting. Reality is, as a journalist, you're supposed to ask questions, get facts, talk to both sides, find out what's going on. On on the Israelis' side, they were very quick about coming back and saying, this was not us. This was a failed rocket. We have video of this failed rocket that went up and failed and came back down 
did not hit a hospital, hit a parking garage. And apparently they even have some audio clips, uh, obviously not in English, of, of them talking, Islamic Jihadists talking about the rocket. Yeah, they do. No, they, they absolutely do. You, you're right. And, and we'll show you some of that evidence here in a second. But then, you know, what would this be if CNN didn't jump in? And, you know, if they didn't try to, to create some moral equivalency as well. Ava, let's hit clip four. But certainly a dramatic and horrific intensification of violence, Jake, right on the eve of President Biden's visit here. Not clear where this goes from here. You mentioned IDF said that they are looking into the incident, that it could potentially have been a, a, a Hamas misfire, if you like, of a rocket. We've had a look at a couple of videos that we're not ready to share online yet. But certainly it looked like an enormous blast. Hard to see uh, how that would have been a, a misfired rocket. Um, but right, right certainly there. we right are there. waiting right for more clarity. Yeah, bomb expert, bomb expert uh, Clarissa Ward. Bomb expert Clarissa Ward, making sure that she she lays in there and says, you know, uh, yeah, wait a minute. Of course, she hadn't seen anything, right? No. Because when you actually see the damage, you realize there is no damage. I mean, there's a parking lot that was hit a few cars, which we're going to show you the video of the parking lot. But all of these guys were operating off stuff they had no idea about. And, and this is something we talk about all the time. When you spend a career in media and, and you have an obligation to check sources and to go and run with the first thing you hear. And then she literally lies about the damage. Mm -hmm. She didn't see the damage. And she, she had no know. idea. Yeah. She had no idea. I think it's just a, I mean, and Mike, and you address this because, you know, you're obviously in the news every single day, but I'm, I'm guessing a lot of this is incompetence, bias, but also people trying to be the first with the stories, right? Like they're trying to break the news and instead of figuring out the news first. Right. Without question. Everybody wants to be first, but you know what? In a situation, especially a situation like this, where the ramifications, if you're wrong, they could get people killed from riots and people just reacting the wrong way. So I looked at this as really mass media manipulation of, of not just the American public, of the world public. I don't know if you saw the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau come out and, and essentially criticize Israel for this before knowing the facts. So many people came out before knowing the facts. Fortunately, Israel really did a quick job of turning things around. But you know what? Look in front of the embassies, U.S. Embassy in Beirut, you know, yep. the Israeli embassies in different parts of the world, they, they, those crowds that are going crazy and, and they still maybe they don't care. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's what they're counting on, too, is is the you know, the other side is counting on those who want chaos and what they want is wider war. I mean, really, you know, you can say you want peace. No, you don't. What you really want is wider war, because if you're going to go and say things that aren't true about what the Israelis are doing, what you're hoping for is that, that you're going to inflame tensions in the Middle East. And when you inflame tensions in the Middle East, you draw Lebanon in, you draw Hezbollah in, you draw Iran in, you draw in all different players here that will widen out this war. And this is what worries me the most, that I think what we're headed for is a march toward a wider war because of dishonesty in the media. And it's going to play a huge part in this thing. And I think that's what Iran is counting on as well. But if you look at who we're facing and what we're facing here, as, as far as information flow goes, Ava, show, show slide number five. And for those of you who are watching this, and if you're not, I'll explain it to you. This is a graphic that shows the failed launches in the Gaza Strip, okay, and how often it happens. Remember, the Gaza Strip's 25 miles long, mm -hmm. okay? Not a big area of land. Okay, but it turns out when you use old water pipes as rockets, they don't work very well. These guys regularly end up dropping these munitions, Mike, right on top of themselves. And it happens all the time. As you can see from this graphic, literally, there must be 75 red dots on this graphic showing where they'll launch from the Gaza Strip and they never even make it to Israel. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. And, and the sad part about this is, so much money has been giving to to the I mean, I hate to say it, but Hamas is the governing body yes, in the Gaza Strip. Yep. Yep. You, you've got Judea and Samaria, which they call the West Bank. OK, that's the Palestinian Authority. This is different. This is, is these are terrorists that are managing this Gaza Strip. They go in there. They take piping out of the ground. I mean, apparently, the from what I understand, uh, you know, the sewer system is horrific because the pipes have been taken to be used for rockets. Listen, I don't know how anybody in their right mind is backing up Hamas under any set of circumstances, right. even if you 
feel bad for the Palestinians who are getting injured, right? Okay, that's one thing that's a sidebar. But they're saying Hamas themselves, their founder, they founded themselves in 1988, and they their whole claim is to wipe out Jews globally. Right. right. Globally. Like, that's their entire mission. So, I mean, I, I guess I just sit here and go, I, why are we not saying that whenever we're doing any reporting? The fact that you, you're scared to call them terrorists, I don't know any other, like, Israel isn't founded as a nation to wipe out anybody. Like, I'm sorry, they've got how many Nobel Peace Prize winners in science and industry and technology? They're helping the world. And then you have a terrorist cell group who their whole point is to kill out, kill off Jews globally. And yet we can't just call that out as as a form of media. Well, and plus, you know, remember in 2005, Israel backed out of the backed out of the Gaza Strip altogether. They literally went into homes of Jewish families and said, you got to go. This is theirs. We're going to give them the Gaza Strip, right? And, and it's all theirs. Did they take that opportunity to then build a life for people in the Gaza Strip? No, because their number one goal, as you mentioned, is to kill Jews. So when your number one goal is to kill Jews, you don't care where you are. Right. You don't care about your your pipes like Mike's talking about. You don't care about your sewage systems or. And that's that's the problem with Hamas. And that's what Hamas has said. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. Now, now they now the problem is they hold the keys to a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. that live there. And so it's got to be frustrating. But but then you see what happens and what really happened with this particular strike. And you'll see this in clip seven. What we're showing you here is this is the clip that was proof that, that this missile came from the Gaza Strip and never made it out and actually ended up blowing up right near where the hospital was so here's here's that clip and and what it effectively shows you see it in the sky and then you'll see it explode basically and part of the munitions there it is it explodes and part of the munitions come back down one piece hits with a smaller explosion to the left side of the screen and then the boom bigger explosion happens right near the hospital at the exact time mike when when the when the uh explosion uh, reportedly happened as well this this is all PR. What is happening right now is all PR to try to make the Israelis look bad. And a lot a lot of the world fell for it, which is very, very disappointing. And so, you know, you had the Abraham Accords, which had gone along so, you know, very well. Trump, the Trump administration was doing a great job of, of building peace, uh, having Israel normalize relations. They were about to normalize relations with Saudi Arabia. And possibly that's that's what could have motivated the Iranians, they're like, wait a minute, we don't want that to happen. And, and this that could have motivated a lot of this this latest stuff, even though it was clearly in the planning for months. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, and then so what does it look like on the ground? And, and this is uh, clip seven shows what it looks like on the ground where this thing actually hit. And for those of you who who are watching, it's some burned out cars. There's no doubt. There's probably a dozen burned out cars. All the buildings are fine. They're all intact. And this is what makes what Clarissa Ward said such a lie because she had no idea. She had no clue. And she's talking about the severe damage. Mm -hmm. This is the damage. She's a liar. And and what she said wasn't true. So then you see here and you see that, you know, look, if this is an Israeli bomb, this place doesn't look like this. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. And and so that's, again, further proof that that this is all crazy. So I, I think where this is all heads is. Okay, we have a simmering pot in the Middle East. So what happens then as we go forward in, Mike, what you call is a, a PR effort? Because if the PR effort doesn't need much momentum to turn into a complete and total disaster with an expanding war in the Middle East. And part of that PR effort is to say, hey, the Israelis blew up a hospital, even though they didn't do it. So then it gets disproved. What happens with our leaders? What happens with our people in Congress? Well, listen to Rashida Tlaib today after she knew that this was not Israel. Think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and, and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry. And they're shaking and somebody, you know this, they keep telling them not to cry in Arabic. Are you kidding me? And does she want to see some of the coverage that's coming out of what happened two Saturdays ago where they're tying kids up, torturing them, cutting off their body parts with their parents sitting there watching that? 
shooting a pregnant woman and then slicing open her stomach and stabbing the baby that's inside of her stomach, kidnapping children, murdering people. I mean, really, is that I mean, we could show all that. I don't want to because I, you know, I don't want us to be the show that's just uh, scaring the daylights out of everybody. But I just feel like this is so convoluted that if we actually talked about what they did two weeks ago and how horrific it was, maybe people would wake up. But we have a media group that's like, oh, we're going to this is just a conflict. This is just an ongoing conflict. No, it's not. This is, I mean, nothing like this is an ongoing conflict. You have rape, you have murder, you have innocent children being tied up and burned in front of their parents. Yeah. I, 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 there's just yeah. no comparison. Mike, she, Mike, she is so, it's so disingenuous for her to sit there and, and dump the crocodile tears when the reality is what she talks about and what she laments is the very thing that her, that the people she supports are doing. She either knows she's lying or she is in denial. And, and if she knows she's lying, she's being trying to be a great actress in front of that crowd. I mean, what and then you may or may not have seen this the other day. A reporter chased her down the hallway asking her yep. if she would condemn the Hamas as terrorists and for killing babies, chopping their heads off. And she wouldn't even respond. I mean, this is a heartless person who is clearly just trying to manipulate people. I do not know how she gets reelected. And I hope she doesn't. Well, yeah. and you've got people like AOC also backing backing her and saying this is just a really complicated. It's a very complex issue. And it turns out it's not. It turns out not. Turns yeah. out when they come in and innocently kill, I mean, kill fourteen hundred innocent people, it's not so complicated. It's yeah. pretty cut and dry. It's pretty black and white in that situation. So, and let me just throw this out there for you. Think about it for a second with those the media coverage for the reporters that got it wrong. Do you think you're going to hear them correct themselves? Do you think you're going to hear their network correct themselves? I mean, maybe it'll happen, but chances are probably not, but it needs to. Well, and, you know, another side thing really fast. I didn't put this in here, but I did read today, too, Mike, that, like, people are starting to kind of cast their vote in certain ways. MSNBC now, it, you know, the New York Post came out and said that they've been losing significant ratings over their coverage of this of the the coverage on this Israeli situation, right? that they're not really reporting it fairly. And so viewership is starting to go down. Okay, that's a big deal. You start to lose your, you know, your advertisers and other things. Um, I think let's kind of keep that ball rolling and let the consumers wake up and start saying, no, this is garbage and I'm going to turn this off because you're not reporting it fairly. Right. And and Mike, you mentioned, uh, will they ever apologize? And the answer is, no, they won't. But what they try to do is slowly move the ball back, right? They, they try to slowly move it through. And, and NPR did this in clip nine. And what they've done is they're trying now to say, well, wait a minute, we're gathering all the evidence of what happened here. And so they they then put out an article where the whole thing is completely fogged up. And, and that's the idea that, that Hamas tries to pull off out of this. Fog the whole thing up, try to make it look like there's a bunch of information here. And it says, you know, one of the pull quotes on this is video and photographic evidence, along with eyewitness accounts, are providing some clues about Tuesday's massive explosion. Again, <laughs> it's not true, but OK, at, at the uh, Arab hospital, which Palestinian officials say killed hundreds. Again, they're still carrying that on, even mm -hmm. though that's likely not even true. And they say Hamas blames an Israeli airstrike for the blast. Uh, charge the Israeli Defense Forces have vi vi excuse me, vigorously denied. So what NPR is doing here is they're playing the fog it up game. Let's help them fog it up. We know that we're wrong. So, Mike, to your point, they say, let's fog it up. And, and that's going to be enough to get through and to continue to inflame tensions and push people to the brink. And, and that's exactly what's happening. And it's, and it's not just happening in the Middle East right now. It's starting to happen in places around the world, in Paris, for example, uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where there they the match was lit, okay, in the Arab world by this lie that was the hospital bombing. And you know what it's gonna take to put it out? I don't know, but it's gonna get ugly before it gets better. No, that is it. That is exactly it. Uh, and and so and it's not only the match lit in the Middle East, which we'll get to in a second, it's lit here too. Protests in in the capital today. And remember. We're less than two weeks out from 1,400 Israelis being murdered, slaughtered, and, slaughtered. And I'm sorry, but there's also Americans that were killed in this. There's 30. Americans that are being held hostage. Still, still right now. Still. And then they're going out saying, and then they're taking over the Capitol. And this is what that looked like. 
on Tuesday. Okay, so if Mike, if they get what they want, which you're still seeing the video here, if they get what they want, that would leave Hamas intact. That would mean this sort of thing could absolutely and would likely happen again within the period of a few years. Yes, you, you're you're right, and then you what needs to happen, like after 9/11 here in this country, every couple of years, people need to be reminded about the terror that was. Uh, imposed upon our country and this even even though only it's only like what 10 days or so since um you know since the attack on israel the terrorist attack on israel where people were burned alive where babies had their heads cut off where couples were killed in front of their kids their killed kids were filled, killed in front of their parents i mean we've got to remember exactly what happened never forget repeat it if it need be on an almost regular basis so the world understands why this is such a big deal and why Hamas has to be eliminated from the face of the earth. Well, and again, this goes back to what we were talking about in our earlier show, a couple shows ago. We said, we can't wait to watch. How, how quickly is the left going to come out and say, cease fire, cease fire. You, you've got what you want. Um, there's been equal deaths now. So it's like, a, it's even Steven. So let's stop. Let's cease fire. You can't cease fire against terrorists. Well, no. Because not only, not only, Mark, are they going to come back into Israel, their goal is to wipe out Jewish people globally. If you think that like, hey, we're just going to cease fire and these guys are going to pack up and go away, that's the last thing these guys are going to do. It's absolutely true. And what they want is a wider war. And every step they get closer to inflaming tensions in other Muslim countries in the Middle East, the closer they get to their goal. And in fact, we're seeing that in Lebanon. Take a look at this clip. This is from yesterday in Lebanon. So what you're seeing here basically is you're seeing armed forces trying to calm down protesters who are throwing rocks. Uh, they've got flash uh, bang grenades. They have tear gas. And this is only going to ramp up as things go. So when we bring this to you, and I, I know this is, you know, kind of a, a 30 minute start to the show, which is pretty, you know, pretty rough. But what, what I'm really worried about, guys, is that that this is just going to get worse. And, and we're going to be we're almost looking at the assurance of a wider conflict. It, remember this, Mark, that that happened. OK, I watched this, not not that shot right here, but so the first couple shots you showed. I yeah. watched that live um, when it was happening. I was watching that on my computer. Right. And what I will say, it was at the U.S. embassy in Beirut, in Lebanon, because there is no Israeli embassy there. So they decided to go to the U.S. embassy. And I believe they went to the French embassy as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they're after Americans just like anything else, too. So, again, yeah. the, the fact that we're going to ceasefire AOC Thank you for your opinion on this. Yeah. I mean, she just needs to sit down. <laughs> There's no doubt about Honestly. that. Honestly. But I don't know if that happens. But okay. So I guess, Mike, we're going to put a bow on this for the uh, Middle East stuff. We're, if you had to put a, I guess, sort of handicap this, where do you see it going in the next two weeks? You know, it, it is impossible to predict that. All I can say is I hope things calm down and, and I hope. What needs to happen in the Middle East? I uh, hope the Israelis do what they need to do to make sure their people are not at risk anymore. Yeah. You know, and speaking of that, I was pretty, you know, I, I thought it was really cool. I heard today um, that Ron DeSantis is sending planes through, uh, oh, remind me. Project Dynamo. Project Dynamo um, to go and bring back Floridians and Israelis that and are. Not just Floridians, by no, the way. It's, right. it's everybody. And Project Dynamo, we talked to Brian Stern. From Project Dynamo. On our episode five. Yes. And so if you're interested in knowing what they do, they basically are not, um, they're not funded by the federal government and they go in to, to help Americans that are stranded, uh, that the federal government basically has left behind um, to some degree. They started in Afghanistan after Biden pulled them, pulled out really quickly there um, and left that just a hot mess. Um, so that's kind of what they were doing there. But anyway, Ron DeSantis is saying, we're funding this, we're sending our planes out, and not only are they going into Israel, they're going into Athens, Greece, to get people that the federal government 
have picked up in Israel and then just dropped off in Athens, Greece. He's like, no, that's not how you do this. I'm going to pick these people up and we're going to bring them back to the United States. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty impressive when work. I heard, you know, yeah. I thought that was, that showed leadership to yeah. me. And well, so, yeah. And Brian Stern's one of those guys who just, this is something he felt like he had to do. And he yeah. started Project Dynamo and, and obviously hooking up with Governor DeSantis is smart and I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah. So, all right. So, Mike, let's let's get to uh, local politics. Well, sort of local politics and then local policy. Uh, interesting article from Axios, which has a definite New Mexico connection. So the uh, the uh, Axios article was written by Russell Contreras. He is based out of New Mexico. Uh, we know him a little bit. He's a good. I like Russ. I mm -hmm. really do. He's a good guy. I think this article was crazy. Mm -hmm. But the article is entitled "The Myth of a U.S. Mexico Open Border." And so Russ goes through in the article and he says, as the Biden administration grapples with a soaring number of migrants and asylum seekers in the U.S.-Mexico border, conservative pundits and politicians have upped accusations that some Democrats support open border policies. He then spends the rest of the article, and for any of you who read uh, Axios, they do kind of this, this sort of uh, breakdown. They boil it everything down to a, a pretty simple Bullet uh, points. Bullet points. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And since 1992, the U.S. has quadrupled the number of Border Patrol agents. He goes through all the things that are being done, right? He goes through all these different things. Um, and he says, in fact, lines at the ports of entry have gotten longer because of new requirements at places like Santa Teresa. And most recently, Biden decided to go through with a border wall in South Texas. Like he's lining up all, all Biden's bona fides on this thing. And then in the final thing where it's called the zoom out, right? Mm -hmm. In the article, he says, today, GOP presidential candidates repeat the false claim that Biden supports open borders. Give me a break. Okay. Two presidential debates, candidates, Nikki Haley, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Mike Pence allude to open borders with little evidence, with little evidence. Honestly. I mean, this is nuts. Mike, this article was, it was crazy. It's a joke. It's a joke. I've been on the border. I can't tell you how many times in the last two years and what is happening. And, and as the numbers will prove, these people are being led into this country. OK, all they have to do is to get onto U.S. soil, cross the Rio Grande, get onto U.S. soil. And there's a probably a, a almost 100 percent chance they're going to stay. I don't care what Mayorkas says, Department of Homeland Security. I don't care what Joe Biden says. They want as many people as they can get to cross the border and enter the United States. There is an open border, period. Anybody that says they're not is lying to your face. Well, it's like they didn't pay attention to Title 49. 42. <laughs> 42, sorry, yeah. yeah. No, it, well, no, and, and there's that. There's it, it, there's people on the ground. So he got killed for this, right? Russ got hammered on this with from a bunch of different directions, especially people who have spent a lot of time on the border. And I'm not saying Russ hasn't, but but clearly I think this article was way tone deaf. So Bill Malugin, who works for Fox News, probably the number one guy on the border, responded to this article. And here's what he said. He said, this is so bad. You can tell whoever wrote this hasn't spent much time at the border or hasn't bothered to talk to the agents tasked with patrolling it. Ask the 1.6 million known gotaways how difficult it was with chunks of the border going unpatrolled while agents process. And then Tom Cotton follows that up. So Cotton comes in and there are a few people that are better at sending in a shot at someone than Tom Cotton is. Tom Cotton just looks at this at this Axios tweet that talks about the border and he says five plus uh, million border crossings and the border is fortified. What a joke. And so and then Malugin follows that up with another tweet that says any day now CBP should be releasing the border numbers for the month of September per our CBP source. Those numbers will show almost 270,000 migrant encounters, the highest single month ever recorded. Okay, so Mike, I want to hit you with one other thing, and that is the fact that even if if everything Contreras says is true, even if everything Axios says is absolutely true, and they really are trying, right? They really are trying to fortify the border, which we all know they're not, but let's say they are. Let's not forget this soundbite from the 2020 Democratic debate for president. We've been talking tonight about these government health care plans that you've proposed in one form or another. This is a show of hands question, and, and hold them up for a moment so people can see. Raise your hand if, gov if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants. 
Okay, right there. Every single person on the stage raised their hand and said, yes, we're going to provide free health care for people who come in here illegally. That acts as a magnet. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you do and what you say, the fact that Biden has given the tip of the cap, get to the border as quickly as you can and we'll take care of you has been a devastating policy. Well, and the fact that they all flooded right after the election. I mean, they flooded to the border. If the, if the, if if Trump was doing the same thing, why were they not flooding the border then? Right. You know, Rhetoric why, was totally different. I mean, so yeah. Biden gets in and then they're like, OK, it's all a game on. Let's all go. Let's get up there. Yeah. There, there are seven to eight million people in this country that were not before Joe Biden became president. Just think about that for a second. Compare that to the, you know, to states, double, triple the state of Wyoming, mm-hmm. things like that. It is it is disgusting what has happened to this country. And I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to say I don't think anything is going to be done to stop what's happening at the border. Either number one, we get a new president. Hopefully it doesn't take that long. Or number two, a terrorist attack happens in this country and it is traced back to people that cross the southern border. Well, and what's so horrible is how can you possibly know who's in your country if you literally have untold millions of people coming across your border? It's unbelievable. I don't know how anybody doesn't think or always says that the Republicans are trying to drive fear. And they're just trying to amp up the fear. I mean, people say that, uh, you know, in our clips that, that we that we put out on social when we talk about the border. Oh, once again, a Republican just trying to drive fear when that's not really what's happening at the border. Yeah, well, it's clear that it is. And, and it's also clear of one thing, and that is what's clear now is that the Biden administration has lost con- complete control of this narrative. And and, and so they, they have no more control over it. And and now they're, they're dealing with the consequences. Well, I'd like to interview the mayor of New York City. Let's see what he says about this. <laughs> like if the, if Biden's yeah. just uh, open the border or not. Like, hey, Mike, what have you guys seen? You send people down there regularly. What have you seen as far as what's developed over the past few months? Obviously, it continues to be a massive issue as we're likely to set that September record. It's the same deal. I mean, nothing's changed. People are coming across the into the United States. They're getting they're getting picked up. They're coming in groups. They're waiting to be picked up. They're getting processed and they're let off into the United States. They're not being turned around. I mean, it's almost like you need a whole bunch of Texans at the border on the U.S. side of the Rio Grande sitting there with their pickup trucks and and their rifles saying people that are crossing the river, you go back. You're not getting in here because clearly what's happening at the border right now with the federal government is nothing like that. Nobody's being sent back. Almost everybody's being let in. I don't care what they say. It's not true. Well, and just, I mean, this whole fence thing between, you know, the when you've got your governor down there in Texas, Mike, building this this fence between the two states. Yeah, saying, between New Mexico and between Texas. Between New Mexico and Texas and saying, uh-uh, no, sir. Like, <laughs> you don't get to come in through New Mexico illegally because it's not being watched and then just climb on into our state. That will yeah, happen it, on my watch. Right. Well, I, you know, I've been to Sunland Park, New Mexico, and, and there's a gap in the wall. It's probably still there. Uh, I forget how wide it was, maybe 50 yards wide, maybe a little bit less than that, maybe 30 yards wide. And there were Mexican federales at the time when I was down there about two years ago on the Mexican side, trying to not let people through. And that was from Mexico. okay, in into the United States. okay. but now you've got Texas saying we're not going to let people in from New Mexico. And, And I mean, think about it for a second. What's happening to these countries? What's happening? What's happening to these communities along the border and the communities further? I mean, there's still high speed chases. There are people that die. There's grand grandparents that die. There are grandkids that get hit by these and these these accidents. I mean, Joe Biden has blood on his hands from all the people he's let across the border and nobody's talking about it. Well, in in the heartbreaking part of this is, and we say this all the time, it's just it's not a compassionate policy. It's an abs. It's a dangerous policy to take people who are needy and, and to tell them, "Hey, come here and, and and put yourselves at risk." The way the way we uh, have a system now, which is exactly what it forces them to do. So, it, it this has to change, and, and it won't change with this president. Clearly, I think we all know that. The question is, what happens going forward here? So. Right. Okay. And I'm going to jump ship to a different topic. Yeah. One here um, in our state again in New Mexico. Um, this is this is coming out uh, by our governor. Okay, she's been quoted as saying, "I'm declaring today, and we'll have a fully executed executive order." Once again, her executive yeah, order. The, the executive, the, the, the vaunted executive order, meaning you don't pass it through. 
your yep. house and yep. Senate, not legislatively. You just Say it's it. a dictate. Yeah, yep. I'm going to go, yep. go ahead and just tell you what I'm doing as a governor. Right, right. That by 2035, the state fleet will be 100% electric, says during the symposium on the future of transportation in New Mexico. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> this is a, I, I, and I said this on Twitter, and I mean every word of it. This is nothing more than political theater. Uh, this is not a. If it happens, it's going to happen. First of all, it's not going to happen the way she thinks it's going to happen. Uh, electric cars right now, you're seeing the numbers on electric cars start to decrease again. There's a lot of issues there. And, and I think the biggest problem is that that we now have buyers who look at these electric cars and say, wait a minute, I can't charge this thing every 20 minutes, right? And, and you have some major league issues on that front. They're expensive to produce. They're terrible for the environment to produce. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to go to cars that don't need gasoline down the road. There's no doubt there's going to be other forms of energy that we're going to be able to use down the road. But right now, it's not close. And the government trying to mandate it, Mike, that's the big issue for me, is by her just putting a stamp on this and saying, here you go. And not only that, they're going to require 20% of apartment complex you know, parking to have EV chargers. That just raises the cost of doing business in the state of New Mexico, which is already virtually impossible to operate in as it is. And, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I my understanding is that she already has a huge fleet of electric vehicles for her state employees and they don't drive them. I, I don't know. I, I, uh, that's what I've heard. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but it'd be worth investigating if I was a reporter out there. I might want to look into that. No. No, never. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I will will tell you from experience, Western states, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, uh, Utah, I mean, the, Montana, they these states have no business mandating electric vehicles. I know. I have a good friend who has an electric vehicle that I borrowed on occasion. I can't tell you how many times, like, for example, driving from Colorado Springs to Denver, trying to find a charger one time. Uh, okay, I got on the map and I on my phone and I looked for a charger and I went to a Target and there weren't any working EV stations, charging stations. I had to go somewhere else and, and almost barely got home. And, and this this has happened countless times. It's it, I, Western states have no business in this ballgame. That's my opinion. Well, and you can see it uh, in Ava. This is in clip 23. You can see the price of EVs coming down. Now, now, there are some people say, oh, wait, you can get an EV for $15,000, $20,000. No, you can't. You really can't. But what you're seeing now is the EV prices are falling through the floor. And, and you're having you're seeing Tesla cut their prices. And EV prices basically were at $58,000 on average. And then now they're down to around $50,000 or so. But again, in a state like New Mexico, where the average income is $30,000 a year, and, and you're trying to push people to buy EVs in a state that is massive and doesn't have a big charging network, you're going to put a tremendous amount of money into something that many people don't have the money to invest as a family. Well, and some somebody, and I don't remember the name, but somebody wrote in on one of our YouTube um, comments about when we talked about the EVs and said, oh, Mark, you're wrong. These these cars are actually very affordable. They're only $9,000, what? um, whatever. Name a new car that's $9,000. Well, what, <laughs> he, what he's talking about, because he added the mileage, and he's talking about a lease, Right. So you're just paying this extended lease for however long. So at the end of the day, you're still paying the same amount of money. It's just divided into a lease. Yeah. Plus, by the way, with a lease, you don't own the car. Exactly. So it's over. Like once that nine grand goes out of your pocket, you better have another 30 grand waiting for the next car. Yeah. Because you can't, you know, you never get on top of it. It makes no sense in the direction they're going. And finally, the share of, of EVs in the total market. So, so for a government agency in New Mexico to say, okay, across all agencies, what are we going to do here? We're going to have our snow plows run on oh, EV, yeah. all that sort of whatever it is. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But 9% of total sales are right now EVs. What you're starting to see jump up more, Mike, is hybrids. People are saying, okay, I get it. I want to say, you know, especially when you have, you know, gas prices that are five, six, seven dollars a gallon, especially out, out in California. But here in New Mexico, if you're getting premium, you're up over four, and that's going to continue climbing. So I think what they're hoping for is to push people toward EVs. What they're likely to get is people more saying, I, I get that I don't want to use as much gas, so I'm going to use a hybrid. I think hybrid's the way to go. I mean, if I can get a hybrid pickup truck right now, I, I really would. I mean, I think that's clearly, I mean, think about it for a second. A year and a half ago or so, gas prices were on a regular basis, you know, pushing five bucks a gallon. At that point, EVs started to get super popular. 
Okay. And at that point, also the prices went up five, six, seven thousand dollars. You might remember the, the federal tax credit was seven thousand seven thousand dollars. All yep. of a sudden, Ford and some others bumped it up the price that they were charging consumers the same amount of money, seven thousand dollars. But because gas prices were so high, people were going nuts trying to get EVs. Once they got the EVs and realized what a problem it was, then th- that's where we are right now. But I think a hybrid is clearly the the wave of the future, I think. Well, and also just letting letting people decide yeah, don't what works this. best for them and then and then allowing companies like Ford and GM and Toyota go and make those products. But it's interesting too, if you look at what's happening and all this and you kind of watch it, Toyota is not on board the, with the electric car craze that the way say GM and, and Ford went into it. So Toyota's held back that they're kind of looking more in potentially Hyundai as well, looking more saying, wait a minute. We may be more interested in the hydrogen version of things in, to see. So some of this is going to be interesting, and we just have to let it work itself out versus having someone in government tell you this is what we're going to do. Yeah, that's the frightening thing. Yeah. Again, it's like you you have a freedom here. You can drive what you want. You can wear a mask if you want. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a vaccine if you want. Go for it. Don't mandate it. It yep. is just not the business of the government to be mandating anything like that, in yep. my opinion. But- All right. Well, Mike, we got one more for you. All right. Here. Fun? We'll get you out of Is here this on a this. Fun one? Well, uh, so I don't believe this. Okay. So every year, the graphic comes out that says, "What's the favorite candy of the state <laughs> oh, you, you live love in?" Halloween candy. I do love Halloween candy. I mean, but you like to talk about Halloween candy. Well, no, I mean, look, I think there are certain rules you have to live by with Halloween candy. First like, of all, like in the weeks leading up to Halloween, uh huh, you can absolutely have candy corn and and those little pumpkins um, and those little pumpkins, right? The day you hit Halloween, they're out. They're gone. If you're handing those out on Halloween night, you're an embarrassment. If you're handing out those black and orange candies that don't say anything that are in the wrappers, nobody does that. Embarrassing. Nobody does that anymore. If you're doing any sort of bit of honey, bit of honey doesn't work. (laughs) Don't hand me anything edible that you made. Okay. Oh my God. Don't hand me a, I don't care if you're a dentist. I don't need to hear it on Halloween. I don't need a, a freaking toothbrush. <laughs> what I need is a Reese's peanut butter cup, a Milky Way, a Snickers, a Kit Kat, anything else. Don't be doing this. Don't go with a popcorn ball because your aunt made those. Oh, I do it's love ridiculous. a good popcorn ball though. All right. I don't, I don't want one when, when I'm trick or treating. Just saying, look, there are rules. So here it is. Here's the, Mike, here's the list. I, so these are, the favorite candies per state. I got to be honest, Mike. Your state of Texas right now, the Ferrero Rocher <laughs> hazelnut chocolates. <laughs> you guys, that's your favorite candy? You elitist. You're an elitist. Those Mark Ronchetti, I'm a journalist. Where'd you get the information? That's what I want to know. Who did the survey? Who'd they ask? Where'd they go? When'd they I do it? And I live in Texas now. There's not a chance on planet Earth that that's accurate. I, we, I, Give me a little bit of a piece of steak. I think that's what we're giving out. What do you have? You even heard of the Freya, whatever you call those things, those Rocher candies? Have you ever even heard of those? Never, never, never purchased one. Never heard of them. I don't even know if I've ever had one. Yeah. So here it is, Mike. That, that's that's what they look like. That's what you, they look you probably, like. So they sell them in like, uh, like, like I think it usually like in little blocks of three, right at the checkout thing. They, they're, All right, I've seen them. Yeah, they're, they're never like bottom. Valentine's Day candy, yeah. I think. I don't I think don't, they're Halloween. Yeah. Candy. Let's go, but Abe, let's put the map back up again. What is New Mexico? New Mexico, we're Tootsie Pops. Um, I so, think P- M&M's was, was uh, in Colorado and a couple states. Let's yeah, see. Let's see. Oh, yeah. yeah, let's that's take a look. A okay, call. so peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's, oh, yeah. Yeah, peanut M&M's for Colorado, Utah, and uh, Arizona. Red Vines for California and Nevada. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, Wyoming, they've got their stuff together. Let's just say that. <laughs> and then let's just say from, from Mississippi, uh, no, I'm sorry, from Alabama, excuse me, all the way up through the the Midwest, Reese's peanut butter cups makes a tremendous amount of sense, but I, I'm sorry, the, the trolley gummy candy in Georgia. What, what is that? I don't even know what that is. And then, oh, it's and like then gummy worms. Gummy worms. Okay. okay. And then the embarrassment of candy corn. Oh, no, in but look at Hawaii, Mississippi, and oh, the high chew. I could see that in Hawaii. They are delicious. The, what is, what is the high chew? What is a high chew? Where go ahead, go again, Ava. Let's take a look. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Alaska. Excuse me, Ava. Oh, Alaska. High chews. Okay. Oh, high chews in Alaska. Excuse me. And then uh, back to Ferrero Rocher and uh, 
in Hawaii. Man. Uh, that's misinformation. I'm going to correct it right now, just so you know. And everything, yeah. of course, is bigger in Texas. Right. So we're not going to do those little tootsie rolls. We're going to do the big tootsie rolls that actually are legit. So change that map. Yeah. Correct the map. There's the high Okay, I do recognize. High shoes are tasty. Okay, here's a little thing that's disconcerting to me as a shopper. Yeah. Is that that Halloween candy has been on the shelves since June? Okay. Yeah. And then two and a half months ago, Christmas candy is out. Yeah. I think that's weird. Like yeah, it's they're, like they're... a mass production of this candy oh, that no can what, have a shelf life for two years. It can of just course. sit there. Yeah. Yeah, that's alarming. Well, yeah. I know, but it's also the. And the yeah, we thing, haven't bought any Halloween candy yet. So well, the other thing we should don't say come to is, our house. Let, you know, there are certain people that you know. Sometimes you run into people that have been really successful in life, and they've. They're so successful that they're they're handing out the full size. Oh, I mean, if you're one of those golden. people, you're in a different level. Yeah, we I had mean, we had one of those in the neighborhood yeah, growing up. Yeah, it's incredible. One. Like when you're the person handing out full size Snickers and Reese's peanut butter cups, it's like you you basically you're basically Bill Gates. Or you're like Willy yeah. Wonka. Like it's like a yeah. Willy Wonka bar. Like those are. I mean, she, she used to hand out Hershey bars. Oh, that's a great call. But this is the thing. She would hand them out to her favorite people. So she had a basket, Whoa. and you'd ring the bell, and then she was like, oh. It's little Christy. Okay, come here, Christy. And then she'd give me the full full size. Oh, and then somebody else got the got the little little tiny guy. Oh, uh, little junior. Yeah. So yeah. you had to be like one of the favorites, and then you got the big bar. Okay. But me and my brother always seem to score that with with that. Let, let me just end it with this real quickly. When I make it big, I'm gonna be sitting outside the front on my porch, okay, right. with a grill going, handing out hamburgers and hot dogs to yeah. every kid that comes by on Halloween. You are such, you're just so creepy, right? How about them apples? <laughs> that is a, such a Southern thing Mom to Mom and dad, why is, why is the guy next door making us eat hot dogs? They're like, no, no, don't eat. We don't know if there's a razor blade in those things. Don't oh, do it. So, oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Michael, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for tuning in right from uh, the big cabin up north. Yes, my pleasure. Seriously. Yeah, yeah I'm going for a jog. Got to go. Got to burn off the calories. <laughs> Absolutely. And then just quickly, Mike, where people can catch you if they want to see you. GoVictory.com. GoVictory.com at noon and 5 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. All awesome. right. Mike Garofalo, we appreciate it. And we are done with Thursday's show. And we'll see you back here on Monday. On Monday. Thanks, you guys. You've been listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at No Doubt About It Podcast. No Doubt About It. The No Doubt About It Podcast is a Choose Adventure Media production. See you next time on No Doubt About It. There is no doubt about it.